Hey, this is Chris to make some less than Jake, and you're listening to Mark and Me. Don't touch that dial. Welcome to the third and final part of the Slam Dunk Specials for the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now on this episode, I've saved the big guns till last and it's huge. I start today's episode off with an amazing interview with one of my favourite bands of all time. I'm joined by Billy Talent. Yep, you heard that right. Following that then, after many years away from the scene and a huge return this weekend at the festival, which absolutely blew up on another level, I'm joined by the amazing Kids at Glass Houses. And then, to top things off, you won't believe this, but I'm actually joined by Underoath. Three huge bands that had everyone talking at Slam Dunk, and honestly, I couldn't be more proud of the way these interviews have come out. They'll all be coming up in only just a couple of minutes' time. Hopefully, as you're listening to this right now, you've already gone back and listened to the first and second part of this three-part trilogy for the Slam Dunk Music Festival. I was a busy bee all weekend and getting as many interviews as I could for you guys at home. I've had bands like Hawthorne Heights, Paris, The Covey, Flogging Molly and more and it's been amazing. I've had some incredible feedback and it's been so much fun and I can't wait to do it all again, a download in only a week's time. But today it's all about Slam Dunk and who else could I ask for to kick things off than the legend themselves, Billy Talent. So here's me and Billy Talent talking all things music. I'm here with Ian from Billy Talent. First of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. What I like to do with all guests that come on the podcast is take it right back to the very start. Yeah. Tell me when you were a kid, what was those first albums that you remember picking up from the record store that made you want to pick up a guitar? Um, my older brother had an Iron Maiden collection on vinyl that uh, <coughs> I used to I used to just kind of go through and, and try to draw the you know Eddie character over and over. And, so that really got me, like, I used to draw a lot, and it got me into uh, the vinyl artwork, and then I started listening to records, and it was, uh, after that, it was Led Zeppelin and uh, Bob Dylan, and, and uh, so my brother, older brother's record collection got me into That music. is some real huge foundations, yeah. like, you've not just gone for small bands, you've gone for the legends straight away. Yeah, yeah. It all changed for me when I went to see a band live, so I'm 41 now, and the first gig I went to was on the Dookie Tour Green Day. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell, like Billy Joe Armstrong. I was like, I can't believe those three people are making that much noise. Yeah, right. What was those first gigs that you went to that made you think, I want to do that for the rest of my life? The first, I think the first gig I went to um, was uh, Rush at Maple Leaf Gardens. Fucking hell, yeah, man. Yeah. And my older brother took me, and I, was, I think I was 11, and I, I just loved it. I loved 
that these uh, you know three musicians were making that much like that much incredible music coming from the stage and um, I was I was just blown away by their musicianship and then I got into Rush Heavy after that and and I really wanted to pick up guitar and learn guitar so a couple years later I bought my first electric guitar unbelievable man like I'm not just saying this and I don't want to sound like a fanboy but Billy Talent I'm always looking when I see you guys live like where's the other guitarists like this is too much for one guitar oh, man wow. like I, I truly and I was saying this to Martin before there's guitarists for me that change music like Tom Morello Rage Against the Machine yeah, yeah. absolutely fucking killed it Jimi Hendrix me, yeah. unbelievable yeah. I truly mean this dude what you do on that guitar it's hard because I'm talking to you but if I was talking about you you do so fucking much that's going on all at once you're keeping the riffs going you've got the solo work you've got this real chuggy sound that just fills the stage you have no idea man you change oh, music you. <laughs> in punk in rock thank you wow every time i listen to you on record you come up with these different riffs every time that i know a billy talent from the tone i know it's you but it's never the same it's fucking awesome man oh, thank it's you. the biggest well, pat on the back that. thank you so much you are so fucking talented dude oh wow thank you that means a lot i really me. truly you. mean it and i know it's yeah. difficult because i'm sitting opposite you but every time i watch you on stage i'm just blown away by what you're doing and the way you work so tight as a band the rhythm section but you're still doing your other stuff and there isn't that dropping quality where sometimes you go and buy an album yeah. And they sound amazing. It's overproduced. They've done 20 layers of guitar. Yeah. But when I listen to Billy Talent on the way to a gig and then I see you, it's the same band when I was driving. Yeah. And I think that's a conscious effort. Like we, we never you know, try to put too much on our records. Yeah. Even though we do the occasional overdub and things like that. But we, we at, at the core, we like to be able to replicate what we do on record live. Yeah. And uh, I think that came from, you know, bands like uh, going back to filling out the sound like. Uh, bands like Rush, Alex Lifeson does that a lot in Unbelievable, Rush. Unbelievable, yeah. It, like the chords and the arpeggios and stuff he plays. Um, that that really it really got me, you know, thinking about that when I was younger. And Tom Morello as well. Yeah. All those things you can do to fill out the sound if you're a single guitar player in a band, right? Um, I used to be just the rhythm guitar player of my first band. Uh, and then there was a lead. So after we, when we formed this band, and I was sort of both, I had to start reconsidering like what I was, you know, how do I do both now, you know? So, th so I think that that's where my style was born out of trying to do both. Yeah. And with you guys, like I've had bands on recently, like Feeder, like Incubus, Everclear, bands that have been going over 20 years. Yeah. And I think it was last night on stage you announced it's 20 years since your debut album. Yeah. Yeah. That blows my mind. It makes me feel really old, but I'm like, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, me as well. <laughs> yeah. But w what is it that keeps you guys so hungry? Because last night genuinely could be your first gig. You had so much energy, oh, so much you. passion. Ben, when he comes on, wants the crowd in his hands. Yeah. And that hunger is real. It's not like, oh, let's pretend we're really having a good time. Yeah. You guys look like you could be doing your last ever best of show because you still got that passion that really yeah, shines through it's a genuine love for yeah. what we do and and when we get on stage you know like the four of us uh, just we just we all really want to be there and and you we, we just kind of get transported back into that time when we first start the band and you know like you just go into this zone where where it's uh, this thing that you're trying to you know put on the best possible show show and have fun at the same time yeah. do you think and it may have been a hint but do you think you might do like a 
album tour of Billy Talent debut album in its entirety to celebrate the anniversary? Or? We've been talking about doing something special yeah. for it. Um, we did that on our 10th anniversary of, the, of yeah. that album. Uh, we Only in Canada, but it'd be cool to do that you know, internationally as well. Because I, I think that record, you know, there's younger fans still getting into that record and our second record as well. So. What, what I really love as well is how much you appreciate and love the UK music scene, but the fact that we welcomed you so much 20 years ago. Yeah. And it was amazing to see Ben last night kind of being like, you guys fucking accepted us for who we were straight away. Yeah, totally. But the fans here absolutely fucking adore you. Yeah, it, it's incredible. And, and we, you know, we love coming here. And, and um, I remember right away on our first record, like we were not only accepted by, but by the time the second record came out, I remember the band had even grown, you know, bigger here, and and uh, we had quite a scene going on. So yeah, we, we love our fans here, and we love coming back here. And what is it like now? Because each year you're kind of going up the bill, and you're getting bigger each year, and it's not like you're this band that are gradually just trying to cling on to the past. Yeah. Look at the poster. You'll want to blow the headliner, like. I, I was saying to Martin yesterday, I would put money on you guys headlining this festival in the next couple of years. Well, yeah, you know, like we, we, we just make music and, and um, we still really like love making music and putting yeah. out records. So, so I think as long as you, we try not to think about all that other stuff, it's just the genuine love of just putting out records and, and um, making our fans happy. So if that, you know, if that comes with it, then, you know, so be it. That's great. That's awesome. And right now as we're sitting here, You've got another UK show tomorrow. Yeah. Um, again, it's just fucking, it's just like you guys never stop. You never take <laughs> any real long time out. It seems yeah. like you're always gigging or writing or doing another album. And is it just because you fucking love what you do? Absolutely, yeah. No, we, we genuinely love what we do. And we, we did spend a lot, of, a lot of time in Europe over the last year. So we're, we're trying to uh, favor the UK now a little bit more. That's why we got a gig in Brighton tomorrow. And then... Uh, and then we had to. It's going to uh, be awesome. Paris what, Martin that. lives in Brighton. Oh, nice! Uh, That's great. It's out. Oh, I can put you on the guest list. Yeah, if you want to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, give me your full name and plus uh, I'll put plus one. And you just can't list, fucking yeah. get a ticket. It was like boom. <laughs> but that yeah, would be awesome. Small gig too, right? Yeah. yeah, real fucking nice. Have you been to that venue before? Uh, I don't know if we have. No. 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 It's, I don't think so we you're going to fucking. It's called. It's, chalk, it's not a massive right? venue, is it? It's called Chalk. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've played there. We haven't played that one before. Yeah, awesome, cool, awesome. Oh, wicked. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, great. And as you're sitting here today, at the moment you haven't played the set here. Do you find that when you're going on, um, and I mean this with full respect, you're going to get the diehard fans that come here for Billy Talent. Yeah. But is there a bit of you that wants someone today that hasn't heard Billy Talent that walks past and goes? fucking hell I love this band who, who is this and then they leave and suddenly yes. fall in love with you I think that's you know that's that's the most gratifying thing of yeah. playing festivals is being able to play and then people that are kind of not you know they, they may not really know the band or anything yeah. but hear a tune and be like hey wait I know this tune from somewhere and then get into the band from that because that's happened to us like I, I used to go to festivals all the time and, and you, you don't sometimes you don't know the band but you know the song right and it's uh that's always the best part, yeah. When you were here, like, do you ever get time off? Do you get to say, like, we've done our set, let's go and watch Enter Shikari or yeah. Offspring? Do you get a chance to check out the other yeah, bands? Yeah, I, I think that's the best part about you know, being able to, you're playing a little earlier, and then you, like last night we went and saw the Offspring yeah. on the other stage and, and uh, checked out a bit of Enter Shikari and, 
And so that's 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 the fun part. I re- I already feel like we missed some of the bands today because we're starting so early. But I know we're yeah. sitting here and we're like we're doing like yesterday we did six interviews. Today we've got six or seven. But I've made sure that this afternoon we're like we're gonna go and watch some fucking bands. Yeah. I wanna, <laughs> I, I, this is a music festival. Right. Yeah. I love I talking to people, but I want yeah. to go and actually watch some bands. <laughs> but your set, and I'm not just saying this. Last night was electric, and I think. I couldn't pick a better set list. I was like, I couldn't believe, I think you played 12 tracks in about 35 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, I remember at the end, Ben was like rushing, like we need to go. Yeah, We're yeah, yeah. But it was just hit after hit after hit. And it it's like- hard making a set list. Uh that short to be honest i know it's we're crazy used to playing an hour and a half right so it's uh we're like well which songs are we gonna cut because when you're a band for 20 years now yeah you, you accumulate all these singles and songs and that people i always hear. feel like that but like incubus and Foo fighters and you guys how do you get like a uh, hundred songs down to like 15 or 18 oh. because you probably yeah. want to always add in new songs so it keeps yeah. it fresh as well. You want to play new songs, not just keep playing the old stuff. Yeah, like we were playing five like five or six from the new record, and now we're just playing one. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, yeah, man. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. But, uh, but uh, what I do on the podcast, uh, and it's my final question, is every guest that comes on, and this can be literally up to 270 episodes now, which is insane. Wow. Every person that comes on the podcast gets to choose the final song that's played, but it can be any band or any song in the whole world. So can you tell me what's a song that means hell of a lot to you that you want played after today's interview? Oh, wow. Um, Anyone in a band usually struggles the most because you've probably got (laughs) 10,000 songs you love. But is there a song that just really means a lot to you when I ask the question that's in your heart and body and soul? Um. Yeah. There's. Oh. There's so many songs. Uh, oh wow. Does it have to be in the punk genre? Can it be anything in the whole world? <laughs> um. I'm gonna pick a Leonard Cohen song just because I've I've been uh, I watched two of his documentaries in the last week. Um. And yeah, this song is beautiful. It's kind of a waltzy slow number, but uh, dance me to the end of love. It's just a beautiful song. Unbelievable. Yeah. Do you know, I've always been a bit ignorant, and I, I love Jeff Buckley, one of my favorite artists of all time. And I always was like, I keep hearing Leonard Cohen, and I was like, I, I'm, I'm sure he's great, but I just, I was just not, I don't know why, I just didn't ever get into him. Yeah. And recently, um, is it something Blue Raincoat? Famous Blue Famous Raincoat. Raincoat. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that, and I was yeah. like, the hairs on my neck were sticking yes. up. Yes. And I genuinely was like, this is the best lyricist I've ever fucking heard. And I was like, why have I fucking avoided this? And I've gone down this whole like hole now and I can't get enough. And I'm listening and reading the lyrics and hearing his voice. And I'm so fucking gutted that I can never see it live. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I feel lucky I was able to see him twice live. Was it as good as you dreamed? It was incredible. Incredible! I am so uh, jealous, uh, dude. This is about maybe eight years ago, so it was an amazing, amazing show. And just to hear all of those songs like so long. Oh my god! He went. I would have cried. I would have sat there crying. Play famous blue raincoat. No. Like it was nonstop, song after song, just goosebumps, hair standing up on your neck. Yeah, incredible, incredible lyricist and songwriter. There's two people I missed out on. Tom Petty too. I never got to Tom see Tom Petty. Petty. I never got to see live either. And I'm like, ah. Oh. I wish I saw him. And Jeff Prince. Buckley as well. That would be yeah. that would have been a dream. But yeah, and Jeff Buckley. 
but he the covered hallelujah right like so many man so many yeah. thank you so much for coming on dude thank like you. i Thanks for having me, yeah. i am a huge fan of your work and i'm always excited by where you're going to go next and i hope it's not too long until we get another album you know yeah we'll be back yes you'll be back enough, and yeah. come and do a massive tour and you know yeah. let's hang out and have a beer yeah yeah we're putting out like a well we're going to be we're ta- in talks of, of doing a UK. Ah, thing, so. awesome, so man. We will be back here sooner than later. Thank you so much for coming on the yeah, podcast, dude. So Thank you so much. Raise a tent of shelter now, though every thread is torn. And dance to the end of love. Honestly, I know I geeked out maybe just a little bit too much. I was a bit too much of a fanboy. But when you get the opportunity to interview a band that completely changed your life, that have released albums that made you pick up the guitar, that have just been so critical in the way that you love music, and that have honestly... I'm lost for words. Billy Talent have been on Mark and Me. For me, that is genuinely a dream come true. And Ian was just an amazing guest. And how cool was it right there? I'm sitting there interviewing him with my good friend Martin. The next thing you know, he's on the guest list. And the following night, he then went with his wife to go and see them at an intimate venue in Brighton because of Mark and Me. Unbelievable. Next up, there's a band that have been away for a long time, but everyone over the weekend had this buzz about them. They were talking about the return of Kids in Glass Houses, so it was an absolute pleasure for me to get to sit down and talk to the guys. It's an interesting interview, all about their return, and I can't wait to share it. So here's me and Kids in Glass Houses talking all things music. I'm here with Kids in Glass Houses. Both of you, welcome back to the world of music. And <laughs> most of you. all, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. You're very welcome. Thank you for the welcome back. Uh, what I want to do, basically, is most of the bands I've been talking to, we've been talking about, are you looking forward to the show? But I got to see you both in South last day. And I don't think I've seen a response like it for years at this festival. How yeah. was it on the other side, looking out and thinking like, fuck we've not done this for ages and now we're back and it must feel like you've never been away um it, it felt like we've been away to me <laughs> you're all aching and sore yeah it's funny like me and alid had like completely different um sort of on stage experiences yesterday i mean i was there like loving every second of it i was like oh my god this is like my mind was being blown uh with each song that we were playing um, and i came off stage and i was like oh my god al what like how good was that he was like uh what i don't know was it like was was it good was it you know yeah i'm it took me like five songs to get into it because i was just nervous i guess like i don't usually get nervous for shows but it took me like also i ran around so much in the first song i was like i can't breathe and then i was like it really took me a while to find my stride again but apparently no one else could tell so it was just me beating myself with uh, do you kind of feel like 
there was a bit of rust that needed to come off. Oh, fully, yeah. <laughs> like a, something a warm-up show was for. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we just dived right in, to be honest, because if it was really special that that was the first thing we've done in nine years, and I don't think playing like a small show anywhere else would have like cut it, you know. How does how does it feel now? Do you kind of feel like you just want to get back and do it all the time, or do you feel like you need a couple of days off? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I, I'm ready. I want the bus to, to carry on. Like, where can we go next? Like, I'm loving it. I'm loving this so much. Um, I didn't realize how much I missed like the whole like you know being in a band thing until like we played our first show back. I was like, I'm, I've got it. I've got the the bug for it now. But. Um, that's me anyway. That's my that gets my vote. The opposite yeah. side. Yeah. It was like yeah. No, no, it was no. Like, I fucking don't know if I want to do this ever again. <laughs> this is the best day of my life. <laughs> no, no. I need to state for the record that the show was absolutely incredible because I watched it back and I was like, yes, that was good. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't want. I I don't want to go home tomorrow either. Uh, no, there's definitely a sense of. Um, is it a different like mentality now for today? Do you kind of sit there and feel like? Now the first one's out and I've ripped the plaster off today can be a bit more enjoyable. Like yeah, you can let your hair definitely down a bit. for me. Um, it was it was the idea of speaking to people and being on stage again because as much as we rehearsed and I was like we sound great we're really tight I can sing that's fine. It was the bits in between that I was really stressed about but now I'm I'm a bit more relaxed about it and I'm just very sort of yeah a bit more nonchalant today than I was. Uh, I mean it shows like I, I actually had a bit of a lay-in today like <laughs> yesterday morning I was up at seven o'clock I had four coffees by eight o'clock I was just like shaking. like uh, come on what, what time stage time what time stage time but like today I'm quite relaxed I'm looking forward I'm yeah I'm still excited but it's yeah. such a different vibe as well like I've never done north before so I've been to uh, south yeah. many times but yesterday was boiling hot I was melting it felt like I couldn't move today it just feels like Oh, I can breathe again. Yeah. It feels nice. Yeah, Sunday vibes. I mean, I got burnt yesterday. Everyone kept poking me in the nose. It was stunning, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic. It was amazing. But yeah, I can see what you mean. It's sort of two different polar opposites. It's like a high pressure, high pressure, boiling hot. You're in the oven. Yeah, yeah. And like today, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what was it that kind of, and I know you're probably going to get asked this a lot, but what was it that made you want to jump back on the saddle and get on? Was it's, it was it, a, a certain... It's it's a really strange, uh, well, interesting story. I find it quite interesting. We, I mean, essentially, the whole thing came about because we saw copies of our Smart Casual vinyl, which we uh, issued a few years back, yeah. going for like hundreds of pounds online. And we were just thinking to ourselves, like, that doesn't seem, f why are our fans having to pay that? It doesn't seem fair. Like, we can do something about that. We can look to reissue the vinyl. So we were like working towards like getting that done. We felt it was 15 year anniversary, felt like a, a sort of good moment. And at the same time, our producer and friend Ramesh, we sort of discussed it we, we mentioned it to him and he's like oh funnily enough i've been i've been remixing the album in my spare time do you want to hear as it you, as you do yeah <laughs> do you want do you want to hear it and we were like yeah yeah we do actually yeah that would be great um and obviously you know um, ben ray the slam dunk promoter has been in touch with us for a few years trying to get us back and it was like he got in touch this year and we were like well actually yeah, that yeah. could be really useful for us because we've got this vinyl coming out 15 year anniversary it all kind of fell into place and then, of course, one thing led to another, and now we've got like a pretty massive UK tour planned for the end of the year. So, and you don't want to do anything else <laughs> yeah. except the band. Yeah. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm quitting my job on Monday. Uh, yeah. Was it, was it kind of a wake-up call going back to the real world and kind of doing other things and not having the band as your main purpose to get up every day? 
what, it, well, like, initially? Yeah, or? Yes. yeah, I mean, it's been, is it seven years now you've been off? Nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, the first, I would say the first year and a half was brutal. Oh, man, it was like, I, I, I don't so mind. Like being it, dumped, it, it, like, it, there was oh. a lot of, there was yeah. a lot of mourning involved yeah. in it, I think. I, it was quite a harsh sort of uh, transition in your life, I think. Yeah, yeah. you're kind of grieving for it. And then there's, there's so many things that come with being in a band and there's like attention and all that stuff that um, you just you just don't, like if you grow up in a band the whole time, you don't have a normal like upbringing or like early adulthood. It's a really strange thing because not many people go through that kind of thing. So adjusting to sort of the real world after that is like a bit bumpy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, luckily I think we've all done quite well to like find careers that we enjoy and that are like sort of creative and more creative adjacent pretty much. So, um, yeah, and I don't know, like I think we'll be a lot more comfortable now knowing we've got yeah. jobs yeah. and careers rather than jobs, careers. It's a, it's a beautiful time in our band yeah. right now. I mean, we're obviously only like two, this is day two of Kids in Glass Houses, Mark two, isn't it? Like yesterday yeah. was our first day back officially. But, you know, we're, we're, there's like no pressure on us to do anything. Like, you know, whereas before it got a bit, as, as most bands would, I'm sure would be able to um, understand, uh, pr uh, no, appreciate it. You know, you get a lot of pressure on you. You have to play shows. You have to keep the bank balance turning over. And none of that is, is, a, is a factor anymore. So it's like we're purely making decisions for the band's sake, for like we're doing that things. That must feel so crazy. refreshing. Like, you haven't got to worry about a certain amount of merch that's got to sell. Yeah. Or, Dates, you can just go fuck it. Let's do a show because we want to. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's the it's the admin and the like minutia of being in a band that kind of kills you as well. Like especially like back in the day. So to just like focus on like a hanging out, playing music with your friends, which is like the fundamental like important thing, and then getting to like cheer like cool stuff with the fans. Like that's the, the only things like we really want to do and care about. Um, so to just be able to just do that now as like a part of our lives without having to like move mountains or anything like that is amazing. Does it does it feel like 15 years since Smart Casual? Does it like no. do you pinch yourself thinking <laughs> fucking hell that was only a couple of years ago? It, it's one of those weird ones where it does and it, it feels absolutely like wow that was a long time ago but like in terms of time it could easily be like last year. Like I can remember so much of it so vividly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm not very good with time. <laughs> yes, yes. It feels like, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It feels like just yesterday, but at the same time, it feels like a whole other person's lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, was that me? Was Did we do that? Like, it's serene, strange. It's quite strange. You, um, does it inspire you want to write again, or are you just going to enjoy gigging? Are you going to sit and get in the studio again and start writing, or do you well, just want to enjoy what you've got? That, that's the beauty of where we are as a band yeah, right now. Yeah. It's like nothing's off the table. If we decide to put music out, then we, you know, yeah. if that I can takes... imagine you guys sound checking and being like, listen, listen to this little riff I've wrote. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that could be good. Let's do something. What do, you, what do you reckon we'd sound like in 2023? That's a tough one. Yeah. Not like the band you were. I think every band yeah, evolves, yeah. and I think times change. You're not going to be writing about the same issues. You're not going to have the same yeah, things yeah. in your life. You're not going to have the same drama. So I'm, doing, I'm doing market research on a yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> it was exclusive. But, um, are you going to get to enjoy other bands here, or are you just going to shit yourself, do your set, and go, oh, fucking um, hell? I really wanted to watch Holden Absence. Yeah, I think on in a minute. We've I've missed, just, seen, we've missed I just them. watched Holden Absence. I watched the first song and a half, and yeah. I saw the last two songs yesterday, so I would say I've seen Holden Absence a bit. Um, I'm going to watch all of Shikari today, I think. Yeah. Uh, I saw a bit of it yesterday, the production was amazing. Yeah. 
Um, I'd like to say Flog and Molly, but they're on the same time as yeah. us. So my, brother, my brother came down to Slamdunk yesterday and he's like, the band I really want to watch <laughs> is Flog and Molly. I was like, well, the band they're on exactly the same time as us is Flog and Molly. <laughs> Sorry, mate. We so watched just that yesterday. And today we're going to watch Flogging Molly because I interviewed them yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is the most humble, down to earth guy I've ever seen. He was literally talking to me and be like, Yeah, we have rituals before we go on stage. I was talking to Dave Grohl last week and I'm like, What? Yeah, and he was just literally like, Yeah, and then before we warmed up for the Rolling Stones, I'm like, You're so casual about yeah, this. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? They're like an institution, aren't they? Like Flogging Molly. It's insane. Yeah. But I liked how humble he was and then. He was like, oh, I remember getting drunk and, um, oh, what was his name? Oh, David Bowie. I'm like, this isn't normal. Sure, this is not yeah, a normal yeah. conversation. David Bowie, yeah. What, what I do with this podcast, and it's my last question for you guys, and maybe you'll have a choice each, but every band that comes on the podcast, and I've done 270 episodes now, every person gets to choose the last piece of music that's played. No one ever picks their own song. If you do, I think, you're fucking arrogant. That's too much, like... Hey, go But is there a song that means a lot to you both that maybe you grew up with? Oh, or an oh, I was going, I was going funny. Well, I was not going funny. I was going to go like, oh. It can be any song by any band in the whole world that you love. That once this is all edited and out there for the world to listen to, it's going to play after our interview today. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm feeling really pressured now. Yeah, this is a tough... This is going to define you. This is going to define me. Oh my God, I'm stressed. I'm sweating. The best thing is what I'll do is I'll edit it. So then I go, so what do you think, guys? And you're like, ah, well, it's this. And you'll be like, these guys never had any stress here. But is it better or health? Oh, we can't, we can't do that. I, I, would I would love to. Yeah, I would, you can I would, say better or health by Meatloaf if you want. It's your favourite song. Better or health by Meatloaf is is a very important song to me. I was so not expecting that. It means that a lot to me. All. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. I love he that album. He does a karaoke version that is right. Go and get a go and get a boombox. Yeah, yeah. Usually <laughs> topless. <laughs> <laughs> topless Meatloaf at Slam Dunk. Well, I've had to get my uh, you know my live music fixed somehow, haven't I? <laughs> we've been a, we've been away for nine years. So after this interview, we're going to literally go straight into Battle of Hell. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm desperate for you to just bust your shirt off on Saturday today and just <laughs> knee, do it on knee stage slide. Today. Yeah. Just fucking bust it out. Cover Please. It. Oh, this band have, this band have changed a bit. I don't, yeah. do, I don't remember this guy. Yeah. <laughs> lead bassist yeah. <laughs> and I suppose the next big thing now for you guys basically is just getting ready for this tour yeah. yes yeah really excited um, yeah so we've got plenty of time to prepare um, we're gonna... towards the end of the year isn't yeah. it? so it's October, October. this 40 mid-October mid-October um, yeah, yeah we've got, so we've got plenty of time we're going to make it very special we've got you know, put a lot of it into it yes um, yeah, we're doing Glasgow, I know the dates, Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, London, Bristol and Cardiff, yep. so all the major cities and yeah, it's just going to be fun, like I think we just want to celebrate the record and just like also like just a, a sick time in our lives as well, it's like such fond memories of that time um, and so of our friends and so of our families and so of our fans, so it's kind of yeah, just getting in a room and kind of reliving it a bit you know i wish you all the luck with it you don't need luck you guys have like pioneered yourselves into the status you deserve you must have Thank looked you. out yesterday and gone 
Well, like you did. Yeah, I did. Uh, fuck me, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I can't wait for Birmingham. I'll be there. Thank I you so I much. I might come and watch a bit of you today with Flogging Molly after a yeah, while. Yeah. But, uh, go find Che's brother. He's probably <laughs> driven up. Yeah. I hope it all goes well, guys. And Thank right, you so much. Thank, Thank you, so you much. for your time. Bye. So there was my interview with Kids in Glass Houses. Honestly, one of the biggest bands of the weekend. The crowd were electric for them at both North and South. And there was a real vibe. There was a real buzz. And the whole talk of the festival was about their return. And they delivered on another level. Absolutely unbelievable. And I can't wait to see them on their UK tour at the end of the year. And I'm really going to work my arse off to get them back on. Because I felt like we could talk for another hour at least. Next up, and to close things off on this trilogy and this amazing journey that I've been on at Slam Dunk, is Under Oath. I can't sit here and pretend that I've been a fan of them for years. They're quite new to me, and I know they've been around, and I know that they deserve the legendary status that they've got. But to sit down with them, honestly, was just unreal. It's my favourite interview of the whole weekend, and that's why I've left it to the end. It's so good. So let's get to it. Here's me and Under Oath talking all things music. I'm here now with Under Oath. Um, both of you, welcome and thank you for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. What I like to do with all bands when they first come on the podcast is get an idea of what made you fall in love with music. Was there a certain album when you were growing up, maybe as your pocket money that you bought or was passed down in the family that made you want to be in a band? Was there a certain album that you remember? There, there's two moments for me that I clearly remember. So my dad was a a huge Zeppelin guy. Awesome. And I, so that was like since I was a baby. Like I don't remember life before Zeppelin. Um, I mean, he, he loved the Beatles and Pink Floyd and the Stones, but I, I specifically remember Zeppelin because of how aggressive it sounded. You know, like it was heavier out of all those. And I wanted to play guitar and then shortly thereafter I have I have an older brother and two older stepbrothers and they were always listening to cooler stuff but we got Nir- we got into Nirvana and I saw videos and stuff of Kurt Cobain this is all before he died you know I'm really little playing and singing at the same time and jumping in crowd and like that was it I saw clips of Nirvana shows and I was like I'm gonna do that that was it isn't it tragic that um as great as Nirvana are, I never got to see them. So all I have to go we didn't off is like I mean, watching we, fucking videos. I didn't get into Nirvana until I was 10 when he died. Yeah. So, or 8. I'll be 40, so yeah. I'm 41, and I remember being just going into secondary school. So I, was, I think I was like about 8 or 9. Yeah. And I was like, 
I just got Nevermind on cassette and I was like, this is fucking amazing. And then I was like, oh, I'm never going to get to see yeah. this band live ever. I grew up in a, like a really strict Christian family and every Friday night my dad would like secret drink and he had like 200 vinyl that we didn't listen to, you know, because it was only Christian music. And on Friday nights he would pull out the Stones and Zeppelin and the Beatles and for it's kind of the same music as he was talking but for me my big music moment was in America something that's really popular is Little League Baseball it's like really popular and our baseball fields were situated around a major field and during the daytime when the kids would play they would clean like the popcorn and the beer and shit in the yeah from the major field and I was 10 years old and the cleaners would play music over the loudspeakers while they were cleaning and they were playing Wonderwall this one day and it changed my life and that's like that's what I want to do so, and I, we, we were both the biggest Oasis fans, but that moment for me was like, I was like, this makes me feel like a thing. You know what I mean? Like, and so, so I think the short answer to that is like, the feeling of music probably for both of us is what got us going. Do you know it what's is, really fucking weird? We drove here today, and on the way up, we were talking about. Imagine the moment that Oasis announced they're back. We've been talking about it for six months. Yeah, we've been talking like, about it for six years. <laughs> yeah. I'll fly from wherever I am in the world. Yeah. So, so we have a pact because we've seen so much stuff together. We obviously grew up touring together. And we said if they announce a show, even if they end up announcing a tour later, like we're not going to miss the opportunity because it could just be one. You never yeah. know with Oasis. Like we would fly our asses over here for it. Because we never got... That's another band we didn't never got to saw. Like, see. I was at Nebworth. I was at Main oh. Road. I was at the Blackpool show. You were at you were at Nebworth? I was at Nebworth. What was it like? I can't remember it because it was just so epic. There's so many people. It was so fucking insane. I have memories... I just got goosebumps. I've got fucking memories of their last tour when they were really fighting all the time. And I went to Birmingham. And there was like Liam and Noel. You could see the tension on stage. And you just knew something bad was coming. And then I was like... When they announced they split up, I was fucking gutted. But then two years ago, I went to see Liam, and he just started with Rock and Roll Star. And I know, I know, I watched it all online. I know Noel wasn't there, but I've it was, seen it all. It yeah. was fucking awesome. Like it didn't matter. It I was, will say this: I think I believe this that Oasis is the coolest fucking band in the world. There is no. It is the it is it is the coolest rock and roll band in the yeah it's today. The coolest rock and roll band in the world. The the thing that I really... I'm not just saying this because I'm from the UK, but for me, Oasis's B-sides are better than most bands' A-sides. The fact they 100%. did... 100%. Fucking uh, The Master Plan is one of the greatest songs ever. Aqueous is unbelievable. When Nolan and Liam are both singing in that chorus, I'm literally getting hairs on my neck sticking up yeah. thinking about it. And that's their B-sides. They're like, half the world away, B-side. I'm like... Fucking hell, like whatever. The track Standing what? on the shoulders of giants. Fucking B-side. hell. Unreal. Unfucking real. Whatever. We'll stick it at the back. We've you know. watched everything that you could watch, even all the newer Liam stuff. Like we were we were grabbing his first solo record right when it came out. Magazines where he was talking. Like we're big Oasis fans, you know. Like, Did you not want to go and see Liam on his tour? Did I would, you? yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like it, the odds of it happening in America when we're not already on tour. Yeah. Like, that's never happened for us. Like, Liam is probably my number one idol as a frontman myself and as a singer. Like, that has been God, you know. And I've never been in the same building as him because it's just 
we've toured and played with hundreds and thousands of bands and we go see bands when we're not on tour it's just never lined up to where i've been able to see it. imagine the moment though you get a phone call or you look at the festival bill and it's like i i oasis no listen to me i would i would get on an airplane to the uk is i would i would hire a ticket as fast as i could yeah like here, my, here's my thing. I don't want to hijack your interview, but I think I believe this. I think that Oasis, nobody could, nobody from America could do that because people are like, Ameri- like, you know, like, and we had a conversation in the dressing room at Wembley the other night, and I feel like you can only get that from the north of England, like yeah. what that is, and like it's just a special, special thing. Yeah. To me, and it's not the best bands in the world, in my opinion, come from the UK. Obviously, the Stones. It's a fact. And the Beatles. The Beatles. It, 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 yeah. The best rock bands in the world come from the UK. But Oasis is another thing. I I, I don't know how to explain it. But are you, you know, guys on the same page and getting close with Stone Roses? I like Stone Roses, but not like Oasis. They're in their league of their own. Yeah, I like the Stone Roses. I, I went. I went to their comeback show in Manchester. He saw Park. that online. Yeah. Genuinely, I've never seen anything like it. Don't get me wrong. Oasis at Wembley at Main Road was unbelievable. But Ian Brown coming on after 20 years of people saying, "Are they going to do it? Are they not?" Everyone's singing along to fucking Stone Roses, Fool's Gold. It was unbelievable. I love Travis as well. So, I, my band supported Travis 20 years ago. Just, just before they brought out, "Why Does It Always Rain on Me." We played at the Shoesby Music Hall in front of 200 people, and my dad was standing there. I got everyone in the whole crowd to turn around and wave at my dad, who was stood up because he's like, "Fuck off!" I swear on my life. And they just then, a week later, brought why out "Why Does It Always Rain on me? on me," and they blew up. And I watched them go from overnight sitting there having a cigarette backstage, chilling with Fran, all of them chilling, and the next week they just blew up. There's a video. There's a there's a there's a Travis video from Glastonbury. Of them playing that song and it's raining. Yeah. Do you know the one? As they play it, it starts. Do you know the one? Raining, brother. I just got. Also, big Radiohead fans as well. So a couple of weeks ago, I went to see the Smile, who are Tom York's side project. Yeah. yeah. They're as good as Radiohead live. It blows my fucking mind. I've seen on the on the contrary of what I was saying earlier about bands I haven't seen. I've seen Radiohead live like ten, ten to twelve times. So at one point we were on EMI. And Radiohead was also on EMI in Canada, maybe worldwide. I don't know, but yeah. Oh, what an album! They put on a secret show in a twelve to fifteen hundred cap room that was all seated, and our rec and our rock our record label had six tickets for us because they knew that we were fans. Like my first tattoo, I'm not gonna take my shirt off, but my first tattoo when I was eighteen was a Radiohead from OK Computer, like the inside and stuff. Unbelievable. and we got to go see them from here to maybe where that guy is sitting over there. Uh, maybe, I don't know. For the listeners meters. out there, it's literally 20 foot away, 30 yeah. foot, yeah. We call it feet, you'll call it meters, whatever. Yeah, about th- about 30 feet away, we're, we're sitting there and and we watched this special show. And I still have a poster from it that I got framed. And it's been in every house or apartment that I've lived in since that show. And that was 2005, I think. Six. Piano. In their production, they were like testing the set for the world tour. That's it. This was like a test show, and they had he had this cam he had this camera, and he sat sat at the, sat at this piano, this upright piano, as you do. But it had a camera, like a fisheye camera, and he it started with him looking at it like this, and playing and playing, and it was there was all these broken up screens, 
like these two, three foot wide, six foot wide screens, and it was they're all shaped right, and it was just his eye, and it was the dude. As you can tell, like we just love music. It's incredible, like, and like specifically the two of us out of our band, we yeah. specifically love British music. Yeah. So this interview is fun because we Ra- like Radiohead genuinely, when they brought out Kid A, changed my life. Like the the opening chords on uh, "Everything in the Right Place," dude, makes me just fucking want to come. Tell you, so like this is music ecstasy. There's nothing like it. I'm like, how the fuck did they go when from I heard that, that? So, if we're going back to the falling in love with music thing, like why we started playing, it was like the rock and and Nirvana, Zeppelin, Beatles, all that shit. But like, I remember I was in elementary school when that came out, and my friend had MTV2, which would play the videos that MTV wouldn't play, and that, they were, it was like the album was coming out, so they were playing all this Radiohead stuff. I remember hearing that and thinking as a young child, I know this maybe sounds bad or whatever, but I was thinking like, that must be what drugs feel like. Yeah, that's because it, the way it? that my brain it's like, felt, wow. like I had never heard those types of sounds that like kind of resonated with like, being a young kid and depressed or dealing with whatever you were dealing with like as a young boy like not knowing your feelings and like w- the way that felt my brain felt like it just went like, over one side like I couldn't imagine those sounds resonate with feelings that I didn't understand how to express and I was like that's gotta be you gotta get there probably with drugs yeah. I had never heard anything like it that made me feel like that and that's after changed my life. that's after OK Computer they're like, here's OK Computer, it which is incredible. an absolute masterpiece. And now here's Kid A. I'm like, how do you go from that to that? And it still fucking works. And I still know it's Radiohead. And I still know it's Johnny Greenwood, who's a fucking genius. Unbelievable band. I see. I feel like with Kid A did that to me as well. But I feel like the one for me was 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 Hail to the Thief. And the yeah. reason why I had never felt I have never felt this since I, I bought the CD. What, 04 or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, and wow. our band had just taken off. Yeah. Right? And we had those Walkman players. The CD, you put a CD in. And I remember. Do not shake it. Whatever. The, you, happens, you know the one, the yellow the one? Yeah. Disc Man. And I put on 2 plus 2 equals 5. And when it gets to the back half of that chorus, when Greenwood's doing this, you know what I'm talking about? Unbelievable. Dude, I remember feeling like, oh, I just did heroin. Yeah. Like walking down the road. Oh my god, I want to listen to it now. I'm Me like, too. the change from the start of that song to the, how it goes to that, I'm like, goosebumps. Let's end the podcast. Let's, let's end the podcast, put some records on, tell everyone else to go fuck themselves. We're going to be here all day. Mate, we were going to do like four hours of press today, but I just think we should go and just listen to radio. I think, on the, coach. I think the other thing, too, that's really interesting about all the music that we like. Yeah. We all like the same stuff. Yeah, we just discovered. We know this. And I think that, like, it's fine. Tell her to fuck off. Take it to, to yeah. like, in my opinion, like, what created that? The, the the it was like a carnal thing. People made music because it was like you had to. Yeah. When you listen to those songs, you know, like it, you you they, you had to make those songs. You know what I mean? And I don't know how much of that I feel now. And I think it's and I think there's good parts to that too, where music is so accessible. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think that's the good side. But I think the bad side is is like there's so much available. Yeah. I think then we were waiting with bated breath. What? What is Hail to the Thief going to sound like? I remember seeing it advertised and going, what the fuck is that going to be? And the fucking CD, which people don't get on Spotify, with a roadmap that all folds yep. out, and it's fucking beautiful. 
Dude, I, I still have the In Rainbows. Yeah. Big Deluxe with the two discs and the vinyls in it and the whole that thing. That album you know, is. I have all their deluxes. We have all the Oasis vinyls. We have, we have dude. Have Weird a, Fishes is the one on that. I have a Pink oh. Floyd Dark Side of the Moon from 69 or something that's got the, it was like the first pressing or whatever. It's all about, for me, talk show host. What a track. Talk show host by Radiohead. They didn't even put it on an album. They're like, Romeo and Juliet soundtrack? Let's give you that. Why? I never understood. I don't understand I why, never understood. but I will listen to that song on its own all the fucking time. Wild. What I need to do, right, is get you guys back on the podcast and we'll do an episode with just fucking two hours of us talking because this, I feel like I know... We should talk about... Next time we're back, you should just, even if you Zoom us, we should talk about Pink Floyd. That'd be Let's fun. Let's do that. Let's talk yeah, about yeah. whatever. We'll just talk about other bands. Everyone I've spoken to so far at the festival's like, we've got a new album coming out, we've got a tour, we got this. Oh, we have all that you stuff. You know, that's all fucking great too. Oh, yeah, we are under oath and we have new songs coming out. We have a song out called Let Go. There we but go. But we love other bands a lot more than we like But the own. last question I've asked is to everyone that's been on the podcast, and I've had, like I said, I've had Incubus, I've had Thrice, I've had all these amazing bands. They all get to answer this final question, which is, if... At the end of this, is all edited, and it goes out there for the world to listen to. You each get to choose one song that's played, not by yourself, but a song that changed your life that you fucking love. You two are going to struggle, I can tell already, just meeting you today. What's the one song that you want to play after today's interview that you get to choose? The one that comes to your heart, your heart, your head, your soul, that you fucking love. Your brain is going from a million songs to 10,000 songs. Wish you were here. By Incubus or by Pink Floyd? Pink Floyd. Beautiful. Beautiful. What about you, dude? That's my favorite Pink Floyd, too, which yeah. everyone disagrees with me on. Man. That's, like, one of the toughest questions I've had in a long time. Like, I, I want myself, if it was me, Jeff Buckley, Love You Should Have Come Over. Like, yeah. one of the greatest songs ever written, but... All right, we'll, we'll do a whole Jeff Bucky episode. Damn. We'll just do a weekly podcast where we get together and talk about an album or an artist. I think you can't do it. I can't. I just, I'm, now that I'm, I answer, I feel like I fucked up. My, my head's in the Radiohead space, so I want to say Pyramid Song just because of the way that piano... The piano took seven years to get that song. I that sound. Seven years. I go with Pyramid Song. Yeah, I'm going to go with that for right now, but if you ask me tomorrow, I'd probably have a different answer. Yeah, I want to... Can we just rent those songs until we speak next? Of course. I'm going to rent with you episode, here. We'll do another one. We'll, we'll rent those until next time. Because I mean, then there's heavy sides of me and like, to, like I could go with an Alice in Chains or Nirvana song at the same time, in the same token. But right now, because of what we've been talking about, Pyramid Song, the way that that piano sounds has made me feel so many different things. Down it's unbelievable. Hole. Down in a hole? Unreal. You go on the heavy rock side, down in a hole would be mine. Yeah. Dude, there's some Soundgarden shit, too. There's some... Dude, man. What about that Nirvana song that they held until 04? That's, like, the last thing that he ever did. Kurt Cobain went in the studio, did it in one day. Um, um, I know what it is. You know you're right. Yeah, that's a great tune. That's... There's the, the, the distortion the on the vocal as the well. the misery in his voice. Yeah. The simplicity of what he was saying... If anyone, if I brought that and said, "Here's the chorus," everyone's like, "That's lame, dude." Like, think about it again. But the fact that that's what I can only imagine, not knowing him, just from reading stuff, like that's what he was feeling. That's the last thing he ever laid in a studio. That is a really it's important. It's a good way song. to go out. That song doesn't get enough 
notoriety for being like, that's the last fucking thing Kurt Cobain did. I'm going to listen touch. to it in the car on the way it, home. Dude, I haven't listened make, to it for fucking it'll, ages. It'll hit you in a different way if you think about, like... Especially after this conversation. I was going to say, like, it's he, now fresh again. And Pyramid in, Song and everything he's else. He's got a daughter now. He just got clean. And yep. he came in and he fucking laid that thing down. He was still going through something. And that's it. Please come back on the podcast, guys. I want to talk for fucking ages. I've got your manager's details. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Just just let us know. Sorry, they're screaming at us. I'm yeah, so that's sorry. Cool. Let's do this. So considering most of you right now are there listening, hoping to hear an interview about what they're up to, their new album, maybe a tour. We just talked about Oasis and Radiohead for about 15 minutes. But this chat for me was one of my favorites. You can't ever predict what's going to happen at an interview, especially at a festival. And you know what? I love the way it turned out. Those guys were unreal, and we've already talked since the festival about setting up a follow-up, and I can't wait for that, because we can cover all different genres of music, and I think we can talk for days, so expect maybe the world's longest podcast when that actually happens. I hope that you've all enjoyed these podcasts as much as me. It was an incredible weekend, and I did say this on the last two episodes, I do want to give a couple of shout-outs. First of all, to my good friend Martin, who came along for the ride, took some incredible photos, was an amazing assistant and helped me a lot, so a massive shout-out to you. Emma and Siobhan at the amazing Public City, you guys are just the best in the business, and thank you so much for making these interviews happen. And also, anyone else that's helped this podcast get any interviews over the weekend, any guests, it really does mean the world, so thank you. If you've enjoyed today's episode as well, please share this. I say this on all the episodes of Mark and Me because it's crucial to getting the name out there. If you've enjoyed any of these nine interviews and think, do you know what, I want to share this on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook, then please do. I've made it so easy because all the links are on markandme.com and you can go on there and it really does only take just literally a couple of clicks from your thumb. It's that easy to do and will make Mark and Me get bigger and better. So please, if you're listening and have enjoyed today, share, share, share. I do also have a Patreon account, so a massive thank you to everyone that signed up on there. All the money that comes in via Patreon goes right back into the podcast and basically allows me to go out there and record these festival specials for you guys at home as well as hosting the podcast on all the different directories in the world which obviously costs a lot of money so please if you've enjoyed today's episode the links on markandme.com and when you sign up you get exclusive episodes called the lost tapes which are just for you guys at home. Not only that You get exclusive access to episodes early. You get updates via email every month. You get an amazing pin badge that's exclusive to Patreon members and so much more. If you're now new to Mark and Me and you've only jumped on board because of these specials, please stick around. I've got loads of episodes coming and another 270 for you to dip back into. And there's a whole range of guests from all different walks of life. Right now you might be thinking, oh, it's really sad now that the Sam Dunk specials are over. But you know what? Let's not make it sad. Let's not end it. Let's have one more interview to share with you guys at home. It was by far the best, most fun interview I did all weekend with a band that just absolutely made me laugh my arse off from the moment we started talking. The chemistry reminded me of the days that I used to do Skip to the End. It was that good and I've saved it to have its own episode for you guys. And you know what? It's going to drop in the next 48 hours. So stay tuned on all my social media channels to find out who it is. And honestly, it's worth the wait. So until then, thanks again for listening, everyone. Take care and I'll speak to you all very soon.
so you think you could tell Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil 